G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, if you fancy yourself as a table tennis player, something that will arrest your attention, a ping-pong-a-thon that's being held during the month of October. What it means is 24 hours of table tennis fun in venues all over Australia. And the challenge is take up your table tennis paddles and help end the exploitation and trafficking of young people. Adrian Rouse is the founder of the Ping Pong Athon. He's worked in some districts in Southeast Asia. Adrian joining us to tell us about a novel way of drawing attention to the issues and raising some dollars at the same time. Hello, Adrian. Welcome along to 2020. Great to be with you. Adrian, tell us about the Ping Pong Athon. Uh, you got underway a few years ago and things have just been going from strength to strength every year. Yeah, that's right. We uh, we started the event really just as an experiment um, and it came out of my own experience of living and working for two years in uh, Chiang Mai in Thailand. Uh, I worked there with an organisation that, uh, that helped young men who were living and working in the red light areas um, I guess as a because of a result of the poverty of their circumstances, um, they they were really had to resort to uh, selling the only thing that they owned, which was really themselves, um, in order to survive. And um, you know, my heart was really broken um, as I saw that happening on a day to day basis. And um, yeah, the ping pongathon really is just my response to to that issue. Um, and when I came back to live in Australia, I guess I um, I wanted to find a way to, to engage everyday Aussies on the issue. Uh, so we decided what better thing to do than uh, 24 hours of table tennis. And it's really, it just started with uh, one venue, uh, 15, 15 men uh, played at our first event. And it's grown to, uh, you know, today, this October, we've got 60 venues across Australia that are participating. And we're hoping to raise $400,000 this year. Wow. And when you say you were working with young men there in Thailand, most of the time when we hear about exploitation and human trafficking, we're talking about rescuing young women. And I guess that's part of it as well. But you were specifically working with young men in those circumstances. Yeah, look, there is this perception that um, human trafficking only affects children and women. And look, that, that's just not the case. Um, um, trafficking is an issue that really affects anyone that's vulnerable. Uh, so given that the wrong circumstances, any person, male, female, young or old, can be, can be trafficked or exploited. Um, it's often, you know, often in the labour uh, side of things, uh, labour exploitation, it's often men. Um, you know, for example, men are, are often, uh, you know, sent out on the, the fishing boats and a lot of the fish that we eat, a lot of the tuna and the the tinned fish that we actually eat um, comes through labour exploitation, and some of these some of the circumstances are horrendous. You know, some of these men will be at sea for six months at a time uh, without setting foot on land, and you know, you, we hear stories regularly of um, of men, you know, getting sick when they're on those boats, 
and essentially, you know, when they cannot uh, continue to continue to do their job, um, they they may get tossed overboard and actually, you know, essentially, you know, um, completely disposable, but just in a different way to to those who might be exploited in the in the sex industry. Well, it's horrendous to think, even as you're describing, the possibility of being thrown overboard uh, when you fall sick if you're working in an exploitation situation in a place like Thailand and I guess many other uh, Southeast Asian and Asian nations around the world. Uh, Let's talk about the charities that are being supported because there's eight in a list that you guys are supporting and raising a lot of money and it'll do a lot of good. Tell us about the charities that are involved. Yeah, sure. Well, we um, we actually cho- choose to focus on Southeast Asia, um, and that that's not just because it's a Southeast Asian problem. I mean, trafficking and exploitation happens in our own suburbs as well. Happens everywhere in the world. Um, but yeah, our partners uh, we we work with them. Uh, we work with partners who essentially they're experts in a in one particular area. Um, responding to this issue of trafficking and exploitation. And, um, you know, some of the areas that they focus on will be prevention. Uh, others will be focusing on providing aftercare and rehabilitation um, programs for, for young people and sometimes children who have been trafficked and exploited. Um, the sorts of programs where they can, I guess, um, you know, get back to education or for those who are old enough uh, to go through a vocational training program that will enable them to get the skills that they need to create for themselves a, a um, just a, a normal, healthy future that's exploitation-free. Um, some of the other partners that we work with actually focus on the legal system and uh, government systems, just strengthening systems that, um, that currently sometimes enable um, human trafficking to exist. Um, when the justice system in, a, in an area doesn't function as it should, uh, people may get caught trafficking young people. Uh, they may get arrested. They may get tried, but they, they may then get off with a, a slap on the wrist, a, a, a small fine or a, sh- a short jail term instead of being um, properly prosecuted and, and receiving a, a harsh penalty that would deter others. So there are a whole range of ways that um, we need to respond to the issue. And um, that's why we work with eight different partner organisations who respond each in a different way. Well, Adrian, I think you're on a winner because a lot of people love playing table tennis. And sometimes I imagine that uh, people don't always connect the dots and say, I can use my love for ping pong and uh, hence the ping pong a thon to actually raise some dollars that will actually help people who are being exploited in situations in Southeast Asia. Now, just come back to the details on what people do. If if you love table tennis, if you want to be part of a ping pong a thon, uh, how long do you have to play for to raise a few dollars? Yeah, sure. You don't have to play for twenty four hours. A lot of people think that, and uh, you don't even have to love table tennis. Um, the, the reason why the ping pong thon has worked so far is just because it's a lot of fun. So uh, we have, we have people that turn up and they wear crazy outfits and get their retro headbands and that kind of stuff happening and we have all sorts of uh, records that people can try and break in different games and things so it, it is a lot of fun but um, essentially uh, to get involved you sign up at our website which is pingpongathon.com and you register to play um, 
usually most of our venues have a three three hour time slot that you can choose. So you just choose whichever time works for you. Um, so we've got 60 venues across Australia running through October. So there's likely to be a venue close to, to most listeners. Um, we've even got an option for people where there's not a venue nearby that you can uh, choose called the Global Pong, uh, where you can actually just find a friend to play with, find a table that might be in your garage or in your spare room, um, and you can still participate in the event that way. Um, so once you register, you, you simply then just invite family and friends to sponsor your efforts. And, um, yeah, that's, we're aiming this year to raise 400000 through the through the campaign. We've already raised um, just over 70000 well, we'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. Uh, the website, if you're interested in playing table tennis and the ping pongathon, is pingpongathon.com. Adrian Rouse, our guest, he's the founder of the ping pongathon. Adrian, stay with us. Uh, some more thoughts and insights from you when it comes to the issues of exploitation and human trafficking that you're addressing uh, with this fundraiser. We'll come back and talk shortly. We're taking a little time out to talk about a pursuit that you may love. And it may be that you are a lover of playing table tennis. Or in the old terminology, we used to talk about playing ping pong. Well, there's an opportunity for people who love ping pong to be part of a ping pong a thon and raise money to help people who are in Southeast Asia primarily who are victims of exploitation and trafficking of young people. In fact, a ping pong a thon that supports eight charities that are working in this area. Adrian Rouse is our guest. He's the founder of the Ping Pongathon, or do they call you to the the director of Pong? Is that what they call you, Adrian? <laughs> That's what some people call me. I <laughs> I love having a job where um, every time I I call someone and I say it's Adrian from from the Pong, um, people always laugh. So it's great to have a job like that. Yes. When you first got underway and you started raising money and you mentioned in our earlier segment that you were working with people who were being exploited, being trafficked in Southeast Asia. Initially, you got underway with the ping pong-a-thon and it was more a boys event uh, with the idea of uh, sowing into the hearts and minds of boys that they can be a part of the solution as they become men uh, and not contribute to the challenge that this uh, exploitation and trafficking has in Southeast Asia. Tell me about your initial motivations. Yeah, look, I mean, while I was working in Thailand, I was seeing every day uh, that men, unfortunately, are a big part of the problem when it comes to trafficking and particularly the sexual exploitation of young people. Uh, Men uh, are sadly uh, the drivers of demand when it comes to this issue, um, predominantly. And so we started the Pong uh, to engage Aussie men, uh, boys and men, on the on this issue, and just to help men to become aware of the issue as a starting point, but also then to be to be able to be a part of the solution. Uh, I saw a lot of fierce, passionate women in Southeast Asia, but also back here in Australia, who were doing a lot to raise awareness on the issue and actually, um, you know, starting organisations and programs for. Uh, victims of trafficking and exploitation, but men were predominantly absent. So it was really uh, a bit of an experiment to try and engage men on the issue. 
And I imagine that the success so far and the take-up of people who are participating in the ping-pong-a-thon is testimony to the fact that uh, people are interested in actually addressing this problem. They don't want to just have a head in the sand. Uh, You've got people who are saying, well, I recognise that we all need to learn something from what we're doing and also at the same time support those who are victims of this human trafficking. Yeah, look, I think um, when, when you start to frame it in a personal way, um, when you start to explain that there are 45.8 million people in the world today who are slaves, um, that's twice the population of Australia. Um, most people, when they hear that statistic and when they really think about it and don't just let it go over their heads as a, a big number that's too hard to comprehend, um, rarely would I find someone that, that just wants to end the conversation and is not moved in some way. Uh, so, you know, I often talk about the issue in terms of, of my two little nieces. I've got a three-year-old and a five-year-old niece. Um, one, another statistic that, that um, I've heard recently is that two children enter the sex trade somewhere in the world every minute. And I think about that in the context of my two nieces. And um, when, when you start to frame it in that way, in a personal way, and you help people to start to think that, you know, it's, it's only luck, it's only um, circumstance that my two nieces are growing up in Australia and they are very unlikely to be exploited or trafficked in their circumstance simply because of where they were born and the family that they've been born into. Um, the majority of these young people in, in Southeast Asia who are exploited and trafficked are simply unlucky that they're born into extreme poverty and, um, you know, circumstances are often a trafficker that leaves them with no option as they get older to, to do horrendous things just in order to survive. And so I think um, most Aussies are, are pretty open to, to wanting to help change that. Um, but often, it, you know, it takes us framing it in such a way that it becomes personal. Well, it's not too late to register, is it, and to raise a few dollars in the way that you might do with all sorts of other athons. You're talking about a ping-pong-a-thon. It is a great novelty event, but one that's got a serious foundation to it. You mentioned you're in all the states around Australia. I imagine that on the website you'll find a, a site near you where there's a venue. I suppose uh, sporting clubs and schools and churches, they're, they're the sorts of people who are getting involved? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'm speaking to you right now from our first corporate event, which is being held in a in a 15-storey uh, CBD office tower in Perth. Uh, so we have events running in corporate spaces, schools, um, pubs, churches, sporting clubs. Um, it works in pretty much every context. So what happens when you're in one of these high-level business meetings, Adrian? Uh, is it all done over a game of table tennis or what? Well, yeah, look, this corporate venue is, uh, they've got three table tennis tables in the foyer of their office building and they've got each of the corporate um, corporate groups in the building are, are coming down to play for three hours throughout the, the 24-hour period. Uh, we've even got a law firm challenge happening uh, later, later on today when uh, four of the law firms in the building are putting in their best players to, to battle it out for a table tennis supremacy. So... It's great to have a whole building that are uh, engaging on, on this issue uh, over, over the weekend. 
Well, I think some people might be a little envious of your job being the director of the Pong and getting to go and uh, be part of events where people are just having great games of table tennis. Uh, You mentioned that there's 60 venues this year and you've got a goal of $400,000. Are you looking like you're on track to get that that, that figure? Look, um, it's always a bit of a guess and uh, it's always a bit of a face uh, face, uh, step when we, we... Um, we set our targets for the year. Um, we certainly need more people to get involved and to register play at a venue and also to donate if, uh, if they're not able to actually play. Um, you can sponsor a participant in it. Um, we're around about $70,000 at the moment and we've uh, just got our fourth event out of about 60 running at the moment. So we're, we're going pretty well. But um, we would love more people to get on board and uh, help us reach that goal. Well, let me give that website again for listeners who love ping pong, who love table tennis, and you'd like to do something that'll make a difference in the life of someone who is a victim of exploitation and of human trafficking in nations in Southeast Asia. Eight different charities are on the list to be beneficiaries of the Ping Pong Athon. Now, there's a website, it's pingpongathon.com, and that's where you can find out all the details. And Adrian Rouse, the founder of The Pong, great to talk to you today and all the best with your fundraising efforts and uh, what a great novelty way of getting people involved in addressing these really serious issues. Adrian, uh, God's richest blessing on you. Thanks so much for being with us on 2020. Thanks for your support. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.